0: Welcome to Classic Reviews, it is entertainment Talks podcast for reviewing classic television shows, video games and films. I'm your host Matthew and we're back with an early season 3. Essentially the plan is, because there's no uh, Westworld and there's no Better Cold Soul this year, uh, I'm essentially going to use some of the time that that production would have taken, especially Better Cold Soul because we were kind of thinking it might have been back in August, uh, but that's been confirmed for a 2020 uh um return date basically for its uh, next season for the fifth season um so essentially what I'm what I'm doing because I've already got season 2 in the bag uh and it's going to be coming out between you know between uh, the end of May and then it will take a break and it will finish at some point in September uh what I'm going to do is use the next couple of months uh so like May, June, July, August, September I suppose I can use all those months um to go back and kind of um Finish off some of the things that we had covered already um, and that sort of stuff. So like uh, go back and finish off because it's it's no surprise that I'm going to be doing Toy Story 3, Back to the Future 3. Uh, Probably go back to do Fools and Horses, that sort of stuff. Um, There will still be some other surprises uh, in there as well. Uh, Of course, maybe Metal Gear Solid, this podcast will be a surprise as well. I might cut this start bit out as like a bit of information sort of thing. Um, But we shall see what kind of happens with that. So yeah, that's why uh, the third season of Classic Reviews is going to be happening in 2019 is because uh, essentially next year when we have Westworld returning, when we have Better Call Saul and The Walking Dead, it's going to take a bit bit more time. That doesn't necessarily mean that Classic Reviews will skip 2020, um, but there's slightly less chance of it happening. So I thought, uh, basically I thought that the production time that we would have used for Better Call Saul Season 5, which we thought was going to be later this year, I'm going to use that to do a third season of Classic Reviews. So I hope all that makes sense. I'm going to probably cut this piece out uh, and put it as like a Season 3 information thing. And I'll probably release it. uh, It will help if I release it at the same time as this. Because not everybody will probably listen to uh, Metal Gear Solid podcast. Because I know that not all of our listeners are like gamers and everything like that. So why would you listen to a review for a game? Uh, But yeah, that's essentially why Classic Reviews Season 3 is happening um, earlier. So that's that as well um cool so yeah uh Metal Gear Solid 1 I'm trying to work out whether or not to cut this actual individual piece out as just a thing or to keep it in the Metal Gear Solid review I think I'll just keep it in the review uh you guys know that I'm back to talk about Metal Gear Solid Metal Gear Solid 1 came out in 1998 uh I played it on the PlayStation Classic and um I really really enjoyed it it got me kind of kicked back into the gear for the franchise a little bit I did play uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, both the Ground Zeroes and the Phantom Painting, which was well, it is the end of that is the end of Metal Gear Solid. Um, I don't know what the story is in Metal Gear Survive, but I do know that um, yeah, some of the characters like weren't in that game or whatever. What whatever disaster happened with that game? Uh, is sort of whatever that is, but um, as I see it, it's pretty much Metal Gear Solid one through three, and then there's Peace Walker, and then there's four, and then there's five. Uh, I think I think most of Ground Zeroes is in Metal Gear Solid five, the uh, the, the Phantom Pain. So uh, the um, yeah Phantom Pain, I think most of that is in there. Um, so I'm kind of familiar. You know, I've heard of Solid Snake before. And uh, I did, um, yeah. I've seen him before, and I used to see some bits and pieces from the old games, like back in back in the 90s and the early 2000s. So I was already, I was always aware of Metal Gear Solid as a franchise. Um, and I'm currently playing through Metal Gear Solid 2, so that will probably be uh, another classic reviews for later, maybe even some point later in the season. It depends when I finish it. So, uh, but yeah, Metal Gear Solid 1. It was a bit of a challenge to get into the controls I, I knew that the graphics weren't going to be that great because uh, obviously it's a playstation one game uh, and as far as i can tell with the playstation classic they ported over the um old version or like the pal version or whatever i didn't actually notice many frame rate drops um whether or not that was the actual the worse version or not i couldn't really quite tell and i can't remember what came up in the um because it says, like, Sony Computer Entertainment Europe and America is the two different ones that I have. But, um, yeah, I couldn't tell in terms of that, that the game was worse or whatever. Uh, so, that didn't really bother me. Um, but, no, I think this was a really good way to kind of start the franchise. And um, to avoid comparing this to Metal Gear Solid 2, the only thing I'll say is that I do think that I actually somehow, somehow, managed to tell a simpler story in Metal Gear Solid 1. Um because i think things get a bit more complicated in metal gear solid 2 uh, but i'll, I'll go on to that as a separate thing uh, i think solid Snake's a very interesting character he's almost kind of like if if kojima made his own jack bauer james bond type of character you know that that's sort of what solid snake is like he's the spec ops uh foxhound is the name of the place i think he actually works for uh, he's he's the foxhound. He he's the agent of the series. The one that you follow, the one that uh who does all the badass stuff and all that. Uh, so Solid Snake is basically yeah, uh, Kojima's Jack Bauer if you want to sort of call him that. Um, I mean granted, like James James Bond, Jack Bauer, and Solid Snake are all different like personality wise, but they're the they're the kind of agents of the series sort of thing. So uh, I think that's kind of a fun, fun way to compare them all. In terms of the gameplay, this has got something that I haven't really seen much before. Which is essentially where you have uh, two... I would call them like menu... Two side menus where like... You've got L2 and you've got R2. And those are used to change like... Usually with L2 it will be like an item. And usually with R2 it would be like a weapon. So your pistol or a grenade or a chaff grenade or... A rocket launcher or anything like that. Um, And I think that was actually a very, very good choice. Because you can essentially then have like um let's say you're running away from an from an enemy or something and uh what's it you have like your rations on you which uh, i think if you have them on you at all times it automatically heals you as long as you of course do have a ration with you um it ha- it has it as that uh and then let's say you have the key card thing which you'll need to to navigate navigate through the game I think it was actually a very smart idea to have not all the items be in one sort of thing. And you're talking about an early PS1 or or like a uh, late-ish PS1 sort of game. um, Where, you know, even in like today's games you'll be able to like throw grenades and take cover and shoot and jump and all those sorts of things. Uh, Like if if you think of like an Uncharted, there's lots of different things you can hold at once. um, And it's a lot more modern. But I think for an early game like this to be able to have just the simple little two-menu thing, so that like basically, if you're let's say you're running away from an enemy and you've got your rations on you, uh, and you go to because the game actually stops when you go to change items, which I think is actually a good idea as well. I think all games should should kind of do that, uh, that that sort of thing. Um, like if you if you're accessing some sort of weapon wheel, I'm not talking about like in Call of Duty if you quickly switch to your pistol, your character does that very quickly, so it's it's a bit of a different kind of situation. Um but yeah, essentially when you have like let's you got your rations equipped and you go up to the door and you need to quickly equip um what's it your key card. You don't have to put your weapon away, which I think, again, for an early PS one game is a cool kind of thing for them to include. Um and I haven't played many different like PS one sort of shooters, uh whether they'd be like first person or third person, but like, games weren't able to do so much back then. Um, and I remember there was a kind of a quote uh, from the... I think it was the Easy Allies guys, uh, the guys over there, when they were talking about, like, Resident Evil 2 and how uh, how basically in that you didn't have many sort of street parts of the game because the PS1 just, like, couldn't sort of handle that. And if you think about now when you have big games like uh, The Witcher and GTA and all those sorts of things where you've got these massive, massive open worlds, uh, the PS One did have to kind of compensate for some of that, where it's like, okay, you had a lot more like indoor levels and stuff like that, and um, it's kind of comparable to um Metal Gear Gis- this Metal Gear Gis- Solid One in a way, where you won't really be in big like sort of sections, and when you're accessing, because you access a lot of elevators and like. As you go through different doors you'll like load different parts of the game. I think that's actually quite a smart idea for those sorts of early games as well. To be able to handle those sorts of things. Um, It's actually interesting going back when you talk about these sort of early games. And uh, like what games can do now as opposed to what they could do then. And how they had to, how they did have to kind of compensate. Because you think of games where you would just run through doors and then, uh, or go through doors and levels would just be there and they'd be ready i think of a, a gta for example when you'd, you'd go from one of the character's houses into the car out of the the garden or whatever and into the streets and then you'd load a mission and there wouldn't be many loading things you had to kind of have a situation where uh in metal Gear Solid one there's lots of doors there's lots of like elevators and stuff and all that is obviously like loading times for for different areas so i think that um for them to be able to do that and still pull off, like, not have it feel like, um, like it couldn't do too much. Like, it, it, it sort of broke past that barrier in, in kind of a way, which I think was very interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, in terms of, like, the story and stuff, I mean, it's Kojima, so there's a lot of just, like, wacky stuff that happens and, um, explanations to certain things that somewhat make sense, but, like, there's like complicated bits and pieces to them and then certain characters that are just like okay you have like this guy called Ocelot and he is you know a gunslinger and then you have Solid Snake he's more of a sort of I'd say more of a normal agent type of character like I discussed before and then you have I can't remember the name of the ninja but you have him he comes in and he's obviously like you know so then you've got a gunslinger you've got a ninja and you've got like a A uh, soldier, basically, is what you kind of label Solid Snake as. And then you've got the tech guy um, as well, I can't quite remember his name. Um, But the guy that you meet um, later, he's actually the guy that you meet when you go to fight the the ninja. Um, He's in there, he's like obviously a different character as well. So having all these various different characters sort of pop up and do all their different things. I found it to be quite interesting as well. And uh, yeah the story does go to some some interesting places. As kind of a result of that as well. So I found that really interesting. And given the fact that like you know in 2019. We're seeing all these Death Stranding trailers and everything. And, and stuff like that. Uh, and you're kind of seeing like. W- weird and wonderful is the way to describe Kojima. At least in, in more of a polite way. Um, and to see some of his earlier works. At least to me you know for my review and everything. Uh, it's fascinating to see kind of where he... Because I'm not sure if he made any games before uh, Metal Gear Solid 1. He might have done some other bits and pieces. But for me, as for far back as his history goes, the Metal Gear Solid is the first time I kind of heard of him and that, and that sort of thing. Um, like, I know he did PT and, and all that sort of stuff. But that was way, way after. So that was that as well. Um, but yeah, to go back and see kind of... Okay, before he did all the weird, wacky stuff in Death Stranding. What was this guy doing before? What sort of characters does he have in mind? And even, like, gameplay stuff. I mean, you talk about... uh, There's the one guy who's doing, like, telekinesis stuff that you fight in... Like, an art room or something in in this game. And in order to defeat him, you have to change your controller port uh, from 1 to 2. Like, from player 1 to 2. It's very interesting to see, like... Okay, games just don't do that sort of thing you, I can't think of a game that's ever existed that's ever done something like that where um, you start the game and you think oh I'll just dodge some of this guy's uh, things that he's throwing at me and then I'll go to shoot him and it just simply doesn't work and the only and the only way I found that out was like looking it up, there's no sort of guide and everything like that um, I do think at times with uh, this first Metal Gear Solid and, and with the second one as well the characters will kind of say to you. You need to go to this place to do this thing. But unless it's a place that you've visited before. And you remember like. Oh yeah I remember how to get to that specific room. You come out of here. Go left or whatever. Um, The game just doesn't. It, it does kind of the opposite of hold your hand. Where it will kind of just like push you into the game. And it will be like. Okay you have to find this thing. Where is it? And you might you might end up looking around for like a few hours. So I did find that a bit more of a uh frustration type of thing where um like sure with when the guy's saying to you like hey press the press the action button to do this and that and that's kind of one of the things i found fascinating as well uh in in terms of like the uh, i guess i'm moving on to like difficulty section of of the review which is where like um the game doesn't tell you where to go with certain bits and pieces or it will say like hey this characters in this thing and you might know where it is if not you have to look it up um, but in terms of like you get you get a weapon and it will say to you like hey if you hold down square you can control this remote control uh, rocket launcher thing or you go to the elevator for for the for, for the first time and it will say like hey there's um you know if you stand in front of it and press the X and it will be a character in the game that's like over the phone call telling you sort of thing um, and I found that very interesting as like a a subtle fourth wall break where it's like the The guy doesn't like look at you at the screen. He still kind of looks at where I guess it's like his monitor or whatever he's looking at, um, and kind of just explains. It, it's almost like he's explaining it more to Snake than he is to you. And I I just found that kind of fa- kind of fascinating as well because I can't think of a game that has done that either, where like a character will say to you something about that. Like you might start, um, Tomb Raider or something, and it will say, "Hey, go up to this." and the game it will come up at the bottom or something to say like hey press circle to crouch or something but it won't be a character telling you to do it it will be like a just it will just be like a little message from the game or something uh saying how to how to do things uh or like when you go for a tutorial for a game it'll be like hey hold l2 to like aim the grenade and then press r2 to throw it but it won't be a character telling you i, fa- I just found that fascinating so that was pretty good as well um let's take a break here Today's sponsor is Kualu. If you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today, just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to Koalu to get started. They also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner. So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you'd like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support entertainment talk along the way, So it's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcast. As always, thank you very much for listening. Back to the show. Alright, so because I don't know uh, when roughly this is going to be released or that sort of thing, um, I'm planning on maybe releasing it uh, like Christmas sort of period uh, for 2019. So what I'm probably going to do, instead of get, instead of doing what I did with Season 2, which was a bit of a mistake, as like hey, these things will be wrapped up, that thing will be wrapped up, uh, you can simply go over to entertainmenttalk.org To uh, find all the coverage of things that we've done before So TV, video games and films uh, We do have things like Game of Thrones and The Walking Dead and the DC shows um, As we know, uh, Better Call Saul won't be back until next year So look out for that, I guess, some point next year uh, We will, at, uh, at some point in December, we will have covered the Crisis stuff uh, So the Crisis on Infinite earth for the DC stuff uh, The Good Place will have been back for the new season um and some other things will have will have come out by then look out for like film reviews that we've done other tv coverage that we've done outside of um essentially the weekly shows that we do so like when i do a season review for certain things i'm sure i'll have some more of those out uh there's a lot of different films coming out this year so look out for those film reviews as well Um uh, but in terms of like the weekly housekeeping stuff that we usually do i won't really be able to do that here i'll just sort of i'll i'll be able to tell you like okay i know that the good place is coming back in september so look out for that uh walking dead will have uh come and gone for this first half of season 10 so we'll have coverage for that um it's only sort of i can only sort of tell you things that we probably would have done at that time and to go and check those things out and to let you guys know that um okay there's other stuff probably on the website as well so have a look at everything that we've done uh, on talk dot org or on podcast platforms as well. Uh, so let's keep that sort of short, short and sweet. Uh, let's go back to uh, Metal Gear Solid and kind of wrap things up. I think that so yeah, I think this is a fantastic game. I think that seeing seeing Kojima's well to me his first piece of work that he's he's sort of done uh, with Metal Gear least because even if this wasn't his first game that he released, this was his first Metal Gear. So uh, it's it's interesting to see like. You know, the birth of Solid Snake and all that sort of stuff. Um, I do I do know that... Uh, what's it? Milk of Solid 3 um, is supposed to be a prequel. But you can't count that as his first piece of work. Because 1 and 2 came out before that. So to see him go into... Um, you know, create Solid Snake for the first time. And do all that sort of stuff. That was all really, really cool. Um, I also found that, like, once I got used to... Because what I did, I used a um, a controller adapter for the PS4, so I didn't use the directional button thing uh, on the PS Classic controller. I essentially got this little adapter thing; you connect it via Bluetooth or whatever to your PlayStation 4 controller. So I had an analog stick to play this. It's very interesting to me going through this game, like when I did go through it and everything, um, and like use, using the analog stick, and you still kind of felt that like slight restriction. It's like, okay, I can move this character kind of in three sixty degrees, but like it's not the fluid movement of like a modern day game. He still kinda moves up, down, left and right and diagonal. So I had I had like more access to be able to like move him in terms of like I suppose the movements on on the stick and stuff as opposed as opposed to just having up, down, left and right on the directional pad, I had the whole stick, but it's interesting to see, like, okay, he still moved in, like, certain directions, if you, if you guys get what I mean. It wasn't the full sort of 360 movement and, and that sort of thing. Um, and, like, I in certain sections of this game, when you do have to, like, uh, sort of move around a bit, and maybe when you're shooting um, that lady with the sniper at the end of the game, uh, and everything like that, how players would have managed to have done that with directional buttons. It 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 must. I mean, I know things were kind of different back then, and uh, obviously for the for the PlayStation at that time, at least there can't have been analog sticks because there wasn't one on the controller. Um. Uh, was it? But uh, yeah, it's it's interesting to see. Like, okay, how would you got quite the precision that you, to be honest, kind of needed at certain points in this game. Um. Like I don't know if certain players waited for like uh, the the DualShock version of the PlayStation thing to come out. And then they played it differently just like, like sort of I did. Uh, it's also <coughs> interesting as well that because obviously I had a right stick. That doesn't actually have any use for anything. So in terms of aiming your weapon and like turning and stuff. It's all kind of done in one movement. And I sort of got this feel as I was going through the game of like. The challenge of movement if you guys get what i mean in terms of like okay i have a modern day controller the ps4 controller but this game is modeled after an older version of an older controller um and it's also using like older sort of movement systems and stuff like your character doesn't move as freely as what he would do in a 2019 game is what i'm trying to sort of say and especially with like Um, some of the sniper shots that you do when you fight that, that woman at the end of the game, um, how you would do, yeah, how you would do any of those sorts of things with just a directional pad is, uh, or directional buttons and everything, um, is really, really interesting to me. So, um, yeah, but yeah, in terms of my experience, that's kind of, you know, I still experienced it with an analog stick, but there was still the restrictions or that i still felt some level of restriction but it was much better than what it probably would have been so Uh, and again that's kind of one of the themes of the classic reviews is like going back and playing things that people have people experience that people experience in a different way so like when i watched terminator 1 and 2 sure they looked older but back then uh in whatever year those 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 came out um i'm sure it didn't look as different as what it it does now because you know, in the the years that those films released, those were considered modern because that was that time that those people were in. So, um, yeah, in terms of bringing that experience to the video to the video game side of things, it is going to be interesting going forward because there's some other games that I've played that I'm going to be uh, including in Classic Review Season Three, or it's sort of like you do go back and you have the old way of playing certain games but how would how different would that have been um or like if I speak to somebody that played uh Metal Gear Solid on launch day and they and how they found the controls as compared to like how I found the controls and then if they maybe replayed like if they haven't played it since 1998 Uh, and they went and played it in 2019 how they would kind of feel about it then there's there's so many different kind of perspectives that could be brought to this sort of discussion uh and i'm interested to see like um what that what that was like for people sort of back in the day and everything because they they must have had a different experience to me so um and yeah that's kind of one, one of the cool things about this whole series i suppose is going back and experiencing experiencing things in the same form so like Terminator that looks the same... Metal Gear Solid that kind of plays the same... But I've got a more modern controller... Uh, but i would never really experienced those things... Either properly or, or at all... So uh, that's going to be interesting going forward... But um, yeah... In terms of like other stuff from Metal Gear Solid... It was a really really well put together game... And um, I'm really glad that... Because I played the first couple of hours... Of this... And it was that thing of like... Okay these controls are really weird... I'm not used to playing a game like this... Um, and like the movement's kind of stiff and like it, especially <laughs> one of the biggest struggles for the game to me is like oh as an enemy i'm gonna take cover and then wait for him to come forward and i'd like accidentally come out of cover or he'd like turn around and then like i'd go to walk I, i'd go to bring snake out of cover like away from the wall because in order to do that you have to essentially just push him up against the wall there's no like You don't go up to the wall and press circle. You have to essentially push him up against the wall. And hold the stick there. So and again the stick instead of the buttons. What would that have been like. And that sort of thing. Uh, Like the whole cover system and everything. Um, And then like let's say the enemy turns around. And I'm like okay I'm I'm ready to like come away from this wall. Walk around and then like take him out in whatever way I'm, I'm able to do that. But what about if like. I come away from the wall. I go to go around the corner, and then like I accidentally take cover on like the other side of the wall, on the other side because I've like walked too walked too far to the right or whatever, and then like he spots me or something. So that was kind of a challenge, but uh, I I kind of got past that issue like as the game went on and i'm really really glad that i i managed to do that as well so because i was kind of like am, am i going to be able to like sort of play these or are they just going to be too awkward these sorts of like old games and stuff uh, especially something as complicated as metal Gear Solid. like you do have a lot you do still have even though i said kind of about the restrictions of what the ps1 could do and everything as opposed to like modern day games now in 2019 um yeah, it's it's still. I still think Metal Gear Solid was able to still use a lot of controls because obviously you still had a lot of buttons and stuff. There was still a lot of things that you could do, but in terms of like switching weapons and moving around and then like crouching and crawling and you have to crawl into different vents and all those sorts of things. Um, and again, what was that like for people sort of back in in ninety eight? So it's interesting to see. Uh, but I'm going to give Metal Gear Solid one a ten out of ten. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, I think that. Uh, even even if you understand the story even less than what I did, which I don't blame you, it's a very fa- fairly complicated story. I think the gameplay alone is still enough to be able to enjoy this. And if if the story gets to a point where it does kind of lose you, you can to a degree you can sort of skip some of the cutscenes. I wouldn't recommend skipping uh what it some of the uh, like the radio calls sort of things because that's where someone will say hey you need to go to this place. And then if you kind of skip those things and get even more lost, then that's kind of a problem. But in terms of, like, the cutscenes and where, in where you know, Snake Snake enters a room and he has a conversation with someone, you could still kind of skip those if the story... If the story's just, like, gone way over your head or whatever, um, which, again, is entirely possible. And for some times, for me, it did in certain scenes. I was like, okay, I don't understand what this character's, like, going on or going on about. And then certain scenes later, I'd maybe understand more or whatever. Um... But yeah, is is a very very fun game. So I think for the gameplay alone, this is this is really worth it, and uh, that's that's a pretty good thing as well. So yeah, that kind of sums up my thoughts on Metal Gear Solid One. It was a weird and wacky story. The gameplay is really fun once you get used to it, um, and it's funny to see how some characters looked back in the sort of back in the day as well. Um, yeah, some of the some of the designs for these characters and, and that sort of thing. But I do still kind of think that like. If you have, let's say, let's say Metal Gear Solid 1 comes out in 2019 with new graphics and the same gameplay. But like you fix the controls slightly more. Not not as a remaster. But let's say Metal Gear Solid 1 is a brand new game and a brand new franchise. I still think it would hold up really, really well in 2019. Because a lot of people said, um, you can kind of compare this to Spyro. A lot of people said, um, hey if you release Spyro 1, 2 and 3 uh, like, if, if the if the remaster for those games, or the remake, whatever they're, they're called, for those games came out in 2019, they, they could be looked at as modern games. I do think that, like, obviously, you, pr- you improve the graphics, you fi- fix the controls a bit, but you still have fundamentally the same gameplay. I think it could pass for, like, a modern-day game. It would be something a bit more different, because it wouldn't be your typical, you know, Splinter Cell, or Division, or Assassin's Creed, or Uncharted. It wouldn't be those sorts of action games. It would be something a bit different, but... I still think you could do it, and it could it could be pulled off pretty well. So, uh, yeah, that's the first episode of a classic reviews for season uh, three. We're in season three now, which is pretty cool. Um, and yeah, I'm basically just gonna uh, just gonna record the first couple of episodes, and then work out specifically when these episodes are gonna come out, like the, obviously the dates and that sort of thing. Uh, and then work out if there's gonna be a break like there was in season two. So uh, yeah, stick around. Uh, you can follow find uh, you can find all the content on entertainmenttalk.org. If uh, you have any thoughts on Metal Gear Solid or anything that we've uh, covered in the past, present or future, or past and present, uh, or if you'd like to get in contact, Matthew at EntertainmentTalk.org, Twitter, eTalkUK, there's the contact page and there's also information in your show notes. Uh, Spot the podcast, Patreon, uh, Entertainment Talk on Patreon, there is also an um, Amazon affiliate link, you can shop on there, we'll get a small cut, won't cost you extra, iTunes feeds. Please write, review, and subscribe to those as well. Uh, you can also just do a star rating. That helps us out as well. Uh, what's the other thing? There's word of mouth. Just tell your friends, family, people that you know about the website and the iTunes feeds. Um, yeah, for social media. Share them on Facebook. Retweet them on Twitter. All that good stuff. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, video games. If you want to watch me, Robert or David play different video games, me and David have Twitch streaming channels. Robberscott1 and Mixer. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you. Or I will see you. Sorry. I'm the host here. Uh, I will see you next time. Thanks for listening. Goodbye.